Hello, everybody. This is Perry with Raster Master Games, episode 12. I'm here with Matthew and Stephanie. Hola. And today we're gonna we're gonna try to do something a little bit different here. We since we have a hard time getting to our first impressions by the time we we usually bridge over a ha an hour mark. So we decided we're going to do our first impressions to begin with, and we're going to see if we can get through Journey, Ninja Gaiden 3, the Silent Hill HD Collection, Operation Raccoon City, and SSX. And, and I think Matt is going to discuss the Kingdom Hearts 3D ending or some kind of controversy, but I don't know. But let's go ahead and start. Um, I think only – I think out of all three of us here – I think I'm the only one here who has messed around with Journey all the way through. Is that correct? I have no idea what you're talking about. So, yeah. <laughs> okay, Journey is Journey is a PSN game made by that game company. Their previous works are Flow and Flower. And Matt, uh, have you messed around with any of their stuff at all? I mean, have you messed with Journey at all? I hear a lot of clicking. Okay, so apparently he hasn't he hasn't he hasn't played it yet. Um, all right, well, I've pretty I've beaten the game twice already, and I gotta say this is one of the I cannot re remember a game in mem a single game in memory where the first thing I've ever said to said about it um, describing it to another person is perfect. I mean. I don't think I've ever said a game is perfect in my life, but Journey, Journey, I would say if it is not perfect, it's pretty close. I'm, I'm serious. It's literally the sim. It is pretty much the most primal, simple game you could imagine, and yet it's there's nothing more it needs to be. The music is absolutely gorgeous. Hell, hell I sleep to it every night. I've already got this. I mean, I've already give, been given the soundtrack to the, from the composer. It's it's gorgeous. The visuals alone are just breathtaking. I mean, I never thought sand could look so good. <laughs> I am not kidding. The thing the thing is, like, it, there's especially there's one scene where you are basically sliding down a giant sand filled canyon, and you're basically it's kind of like it's kind of like an SS. SSX version of that, where you're, sl you're sliding down the entire slope of a canyon, just filled with sand, and the sun is gleaming off the sand, and it's shining. It's almost like liquid gold. That sounds pretty. It is. It's beautiful. And then, I mean, the whole concept is so simple. I mean, all you you literally just wake up in the middle of the desert. You have no idea why you're there. You don't know how you got there. All you know is that there is these there is a mountain in the background and for whatever reason you get there. I mean, one way or another, you're going to get to the top of that mountain. And the moment and every moment leading up to it is so perfectly in tune with what it needs to be that it hits every like sentimental note that I can think of being worthwhile in a game. It goes from being whimsical fun to uh, moments of fear and anxiety uh, to moments of mystery and curiosity to moments of desperation and determination where you are climbing the mountain as hard as you can. 
and then all of a sudden, when you feel like you lose all hope, you finally just pick yourself up and just go absolutely balls to the walls up the mountain, and you just feel like you're like you feel like you're the freaking king. It's it it feels so awesome, and the end credits alone are just amazing. It is it is literally beautiful. I mean, I'm gonna I know I'm gonna go play Journey again at least two, three, maybe four or five times, just so that way I can see everything that's in it. Because there are some there's some pretty cool secrets hidden in Journey, and I'm really curious about trying them out. Sounds really fun. It is, it is. It is a lot of. It is a lot of fun. I highly, highly recommend it. Anyone who, I mean, I always hear people say that games are not art. Well, if I was ever going to make an argument, I mean, I have made arguments in the past, but if I was going to ever add a new game to the argument that uh, that video games are art, Journey would be a very good example of games being art. I have I don't like I it. I cannot name another game so far this year that has made me run the emotional gambit that Journey has made me do. Not not I mean Tales of Graces hasn't done that yet even though I really enjoy that Ninja Gaiden Daster Collection hasn't done that it's been, it's come close but I think Jack Three one came closest but Journey is I would say this is my favorite game of the year so far. Hmm. Stephanie, why are you nom nom nomming in the chat? <laughs> because I want to. Well, Can you well, slow? Are you I'm, not, I'm nom nomming right now. I'm talking, aren't I? Okay, go on. <laughs> but yeah, Journey, I, I, it almost like the actual ending, and I'm not gonna, and I will swallow. I, mm-mm, I, mm-mm, I, mm-mm, I mm-mm. what? No spoilers. I, it's not a spoiler. It's not a spoiler. I'm gonna be playing not, it tonight after what you've been talking about it. Don't don't worry. I'm not spoiling anything. I will say this though: the ending made me cry from sheer beauty. <sighs> the ending made me cry because of how beautiful it was. Oh dear. I almost I almost and I actually applauded after the game was like as the credits were rolling because it was like there we go that. Is perfect. How long is it? Uh, you can beat it within about maybe an hour or two. It's oh, really quick. It, it's really quick, but trust me, it is worth it. What they were charging? Is, they're charging people fifteen bucks for a one-hour game. Dude, it is worth it. Really? It is absolutely. It is worth it. I kind of want to play it now. I'm glad it I got is, it for free. I, I, I swear. That game company stuff, I I have been a very big fan of theirs since Flow. They just they they have this. It seems like they have this ability to really resonate with people's emotions, just make you feel good, or just to help lift you up in a small bad mood, or realize maybe if things are very down, things will eventually pick up. Or, I mean, with Journey, it just feels like that hits. That hits a core with everybody. This can hit a core with anybody because it's something that we all do. It, rep- it, it shows and represents, like, we all go through a journey in life. We all go through different obstacles. We all go through different paths. We all have our different ways of doing things and seeking out different, uh, uh, different things in life. Just we It's so 
it's so it's so simple and it's so I, I wouldn't say um, deep. I mean, it is deep, and, and if you look at it, if you look at it hard enough, but it ju- there's a lot more to it than what's initially on the surface. And the fact is that the online for it is it's one of the best online experiences I've ever had because it has one thing, yeah, it has online. Ever you actually run into other people who are on their journey, so to speak, and they will travel with you. But the That's thing is, cool. here, I'm not even gonna lie. Here's here's the catch though. There is no ta- there is no headset talking. There's no dialogue. All you can do is sing notes to them. Suck Dark Souls. <laughs> but that but and also there's no you you don't know who the person is. You never see like a user ID above them. You never see it. So it's just All like I random have, characters running around. Pretty much, but you but you find okay. I will this. This isn't really a spoiler. This is just a mechanic of the game itself. You find out like you like there's actual like trophies and such of like how many people you run into, how well you can work together, or how or how often you stay together. There are certain like. I mean, there's some really cool secrets in the game and what really cool awards. There's one I know of, like, there's all these hidden, like, little symbols and uh, hieroglyphs and ruins that if you really, if you explore them, you'll uncover bits and pieces of the world. It's kind of like in Shadow of the Colossus where the whole world is so barren, it makes you wonder why this world or what happened to this culture that came before it, before you showed up. It's that it's that level of 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 that world where you want to know what happened, and it's vaguely explained in their ruins. And if you search hard enough, it's it, it, I will. It is probably my favorite game of the year. So favorite game of the year so far. But we're still we still haven't hit summer. We haven't hit fall yet. So we'll see about if that's going to be subject to change. Uh, right. I think I've. I think I've splurged on Journey enough. Alright, so you want to go to Ninja Gaiden 3 next, then? Yes, <laughs> I I will go, and, um, this is, out of curiosity, has anyone else out of those three played Ninja Gaiden at all? Like, any Ninja Gaiden game? I've played Ninja Gaiden Sigma. I the haven't first played one, it at all. The first one. And I okay, can't beat it. It's hard as hell. Yeah, I have... My history with Ninja Gaiden goes with Sigma 1, Sigma 2, and now this one. Oh, and 2, as well as this one. I've always enjoyed... I, I always love the concept of Ninja Gaiden. I love how visceral the combat feels. I also have, love how bloody it can get. Seth, My why Lord. Are going? Look at the chat thing. I'll explain it in a second. But Keep going. Ninja Gaiden, but Ninja Gaiden, I, I always love the weapons. I love... Uh, I mean, Ryu is like the ult. He is like the perfect ninja. He is the coolest. He's like the coolest ninja ever. I mean, what kind of dude has superhuman strength? Shoots fireballs at his hand, flies, can jump from a helicopter from a hundred stories high, and jump onto a plane, air, an aircraft carrying plane, and put and bend his sword into the runway and live. I mean, the guy can. The guy is absolutely insane. But the co- and yes, it is normally very difficult, and so. With that being said, I've always I think my favorite favorite one so far has been Ninja Gaiden Sigma Two, where it was a nice balance of difficulty and challenge, 
but it was fun. It made you want to keep going, and there was a lot of weapons and a lot of abilities and a lot of different techniques to make you want to experiment with everything. I mean, come on. In, in Sigma 2, you get a freaking bazooka. A bazooka shotgun. Sigma really hard. What? Sigma 1's just almost too hard. It takes the fun out of it. I actually really enjoyed Sigma 1, but I, I love the hell out of Sigma 2 more. Just because they added more. Sigma 1 disheartened my faith in the series to have fun yeah. in it, so I was like, nah, nah I'm not complaining dude, anymore. Dude, ser- seriously, it, they, they have... It, it is Ninja Gaiden has never been a series to treat you lightly. It, oh, it, I know it, that much. It's just Ninja Gaiden, with Ninja Gaiden. I mean, that is a series that you. It's almost like a badge of honor. You can beat any Ninja Gaiden game. It deserves, it's a medal on your chest. I so far have beaten Sigma One, uh, NG Two, Sigma Two, and now I'm going through Three. Now my opinions on Three are a little bit mixed. On one hand, I can see this as a good starting point for someone to get into Ninja Gaiden. On the other hand, I can see why it gets on the, ner- on the nerves of very dedicated and loving fans like myself. It's different. And it's, it, is di- it, is, it is. It is a little bit different. On the on the other hand, I do think this has the mo- I do think this has some of the best visceral combat out of the series so far. At the same time. It's very limited to how much you can actually do with it because, for one thing, you don't have you don't have the massive arsenal of weapons you did in Sin Sigma Two, and I'm using Sigma Two as the stand, as um, as my favorite Ninja Gaiden game so far because of how much there was in it. I mean, extra bosses, extra weapons, extra powers, all that stuff, all the good stuff, and extra characters to play. All this stuff is just focused strictly on Ryu, Hay- on Ryu Hayabusa himself. You don't even have the dragon sword any. You don't even have the dragon sword anymore. It's sort of, and I'm gonna I'm gonna dive into the plot a little bit, but this is all within like the first like cutscenes and stuff. And so, basically, it takes place after say basically the whole thing takes place after Ninja Gaiden two or Sigma two, whichever one you're playing, and. Basically, Ryu's just chilling out in his village, doing his own thing, when all of a sudden he's hired to do this job uh, for, I think it's I think it's kind of a CIA kind of branch. I'm not quite sure. It's been a while since I, I don't know. The plot's a little bit messy, to say the least. Or at least, you don't really feel much invested in it. It's sort of like, um, sort of like Fox Die in Metal Gear Solid, only you don't really care as much. And that being, and with that said, it dives. The story is trying to dive more into Ryu's sort of quote unquote human side, and how savage he can be. And there are some moments where you almost think you almost think that my God, Ryu is just a bloodthirsty monster. But at the same time, you make him that way, which is kind of an interesting, which is actually a little bit interesting twist because you're turning him into this this mass killer, or at least he already was a mass killer, but he's sort of... And he comes... Uh, I'm, I'm getting off track here, but he comes across... He basically takes a job to defend, like, the Prime Minister of London, basically. And and he goes in, but he comes across this other figure who kind of looks like... He kind of looks like if the Joker and... 
I don't, I'm trying to think. What's a good comparison? He's like what would happen if the Joker and Harlequin from Assassin's Creed had a love child and worked in Circuit City. He's he's kind of crazy. He's kind of crazy. But at the same time, you kind of get the fact that he's trying to teach you a lesson, and boy, is he a cheap, he is a cheap SOB to fight. Because the, And then he takes away your dragon, he basically dissolves your dragon sword, and basically embeds you with this sort of blood curse that would kill, that's sort of supposed to kill you in a week. So apparently, uh, so apparently he's knocking off the ring in this, in this game, but with that said, what? Nothing. No, what did you say? It was a bad joke. Forget it. <laughs> okay. But with that said, he also... Okay, let me explain why this is so mixed. There's basically... You only get one sword and one Nimpo spell throughout the whole game. Oh, and one bow. And the problem with that is is that you're pretty limited on how much you can do with that. The bow, you can't power up. It locks you it helps you lock on your enemies and you can shoot at it from midair, but that's about it. The sword itself, not really that special. It's sort of just lent to you by Ayame from the from uh, who you everyone may know from the Dead or Alive series, who also makes an appearance in Ninja Gaiden. Um and that's and and you can't even power it up like okay you man you know the uh, little charge attack whenever you press the triangle button and hold it down where he's yeah. basically char- basically charging up the whole energy his whole sword energy and you basically just go to town enemy all all the enemies around you uh huh okay you can't even do that in this one you can't do it until you basically decimate a whole bunch of other enemies before that. Until your hand, until your right arm is basically glowing red, then you can charge up an attack. The payoff is really cool to watch. At the same time, it's annoying that you can't do it whenever you want, whenever you've been able to do it this, as much as you want throughout the entire series so far. And then the fact there's only one Nimpo spell. Granted, it basically you basically shoot a dragon Kamehameha out of your hands, which is pretty freaking awesome. But after after, like, four or five times, it gets a little old. And it makes you wonder, it's like, can I just have the spells from Sigma 2 again? I want to have, like, a swarm of phoenixes around me again. I want to show up through a, throw a black hole from my hands. So, but that being said, this is definitely the easiest, this is definitely the easiest Ninja Gaiden game I've been, I've gone through so far. The easiest. And, I think that was intentional on Ninja, on, uh, What's her name? Uh, Teen Ninja, sorry. On Teen Ninja's part, to make the series more accessible, which I can understand. At the same point, I can find it very alienating towards fans in that um, in that the, the difficulty is something that Ninja Gaiden fans have always prided themselves on and enjoyed because they find it a satisfying challenge. It's kind of like how people enjoy the difficulty of Demon Souls, except that's more like a chess match. This is more... Uh, we, uh, Ninja Gaiden is more like fine cooking or brain surgery. You have to be very, very precise and very accurate with your movements, otherwise you're screwed. Which, I mean, that sounds like a fair comparison, right? Mm-hmm. Matt, what are your thoughts? What? Sorry, I was looking up something. Can you repeat that? 
I said, the, like, the fans of Ninja Gaiden have always prided themselves on difficulty. It's kind of like how people love the, how gamers love the difficulty in Demon Souls, where you actually, where you get a sense of enjoyment out of the challenge because you know that even though this thing can kick your butt, you know you can beat this. And it's teaching you in ways like you're doing something wrong. You're not thinking this through. Demon, Soul, Demon Souls and Dark Souls are like chess matches. You have to very carefully plan your next move and think ten steps ahead of your opponent. Ninja Gaiden is more like brain surgery. You have to be very precise and very careful with your movements. Otherwise, you're basically screwed. That, that's fair. That's fair. So... I would say, if I was gonna rec- if I was gonna recommend some I would I recommend the series to anyone because it's a very fun series to get into, but I would say Sigma One, like you say, Matt, is very very hard for newcomers. I would agree with that, but at the same time, I still think it's worth checking out. But if I'm going to re- if I was gonna recommend someone to get into the series, I would tell them to start with Ninja Gaiden Three, because of the fact that it's sort of like you get a basic feel for how the games are supposed to work. But once you get into that, then you can get into the more hardcore difficulty stuff with the original Ninja Gaiden, um, then Ninja Gaiden Sigma, Sigma 2, Ninja Gaiden 2, all that stuff. So I would say this is a good, this is a good, this would be the best Ninja Gaiden to start off other people with and fully recommend it in that sense. On the other hand, for people who are diehard fans like myself, we are going to buy it, and I have already bought it. I'm fairly enjoying it, but I will say this: I'm probably not as enjoy- I'm not enjoying this as much as I did with Sigma Two. But it's, in that sense, it's still a fairly fun action game, and I would it, it's it's worth checking out on its own. At the same time, don't go expecting anything like better than Sigma. And to me, I will I didn't go in expecting anything better than Sigma Two. And by the time I was going, going through the first mission, I was like, okay. I kind of get where this is going. I understand why. I don't think this is better than Sigma 2, but that's my personal opinion. People are allowed to make their own judgments as they see fit, but that's just it. So, bottom line, Ninja Gaiden 3, I recommend it for someone who wants to get into the series, but for diehard fans, um, at least rent it. Rent it and see if you like it. And then move on, and then you can move up into into the more hardcore stuff. So, there. That's my opinion on Ninja Gaiden 3. Um, all right, now we move on into the Silent Hill HD I'm gonna collection. I'm going to stop you right here. Okay. Jalen did want to be a part of this, so I'm probably going to save this one until we get him on here. Okay, that's fine. Um, now, this, now this is, now we're, and so that, we'll save that for next week. Uh, now we go into Operation Raccoon City. So, Matt, you have the floor. Alright, so this is more of final impressions or the review score I'm going to give for Operation Raccoon City. Which isn't exactly complete on YouTube yet, but most of it's already up there. So once we get Adolfo back over here to finish the commentary, that'll be finishing up. So I think I'm going to go ahead and um, give my opinion on this game, if that's what you want to call it. Basically, Operation Raccoon City, a game developed by Slant Six Games, basically known for their SOCOM games, which have been downhill lately as well, according to review scores anyway, I don't play them. And um, so, for months, they showed us epic trailers and all this great-looking gameplay for this game, and got a lot of people really hyped up for it. 
And then all of a sudden, a couple of days before the game comes out, IGN and the other viewer, um, like Game Informer and all that, begin to give their scores for the game. And they're really, really low. I think IGN, made, I think they give it a four. That's the only one, only one I remember. But they cited bad AI, short campaign, and boring multiplayer. So already, the game kind of leaves a bad taste in my mouth. And, uh,. That just got worse when I actually saw the game in action, recording the playthrough of it. Basically, this is probably a sad excuse for a Resident Evil game, and it really makes me sick, considering all the epic source material they could have used for it. Leon and them, and Claire, don't play a big role until the very last level. Um, you don't even see Jill Valentine at all, ever. And is isn't this supposed to take place, like, during Resident Evil 2 or something like that? It yeah, takes Res- place during 3? the outbreak in Raccoon City, so it takes place during both 2 and 3. Okay. And the what they said about the AI is true. They just, they never kill anything. They'll, they'll shoot, but they won't hit anything. The healer barely heals you. So basically they learn from stormtroopers. Basically, yeah. They just run. They run a gun. They get killed really easily. And as I was trying to say, the healer won't heal you unless you're stalking her. <laughs> Creepy. So you have to like right beside her for a good minute before she go. Oh, first aid spray. Um, the zombies are okay, I guess. Um, what about the what about the presentation itself? Does it at least look okay? I mean, it's standard graphics for this generation. They don't really do anything special with it. Some of the set pieces are kind of bland. Like, you can't really interact with anything at all. That That's not related to your mission. So it's kind of boring in that sense. And Bummer. not a lot of, obviously not a lot of color variation, even though they went into the, the places that could have had some. Um, one gameplay mechanic that did incorporate was this idea that if you keep get hit too much by one zombie, you get infected. Oh, look who's online, Jalen. <laughs> um, I don't know how to call him in, so I'll wait a minute. Um, and they're like, oh, yeah, the only way to get uh, yourself healed up is if, if you have an antiviral spray, which are apparently very hard to find. They lied. They, they're everywhere, and zombies are the ones that drop them. That's pretty stupid. So... Are they? Tr- do you think they were trying to go a little bit more to the roots of Resident Evil in terms no. of the survival horror and the fact that there's fewer health packs and there's more zombies you have there's to worry about? There's health everywhere. Oh, there's health everywhere. Okay, scratch that then. There's, just, there's health and ammo boxes that instantly refill all your ammo all over the place. It's basically a SOCOM game. With zombies in it. Yeah. Which you think would be awesome, but no. It's pretty bad. I didn't play the multiplayer, so I won't consider that into my review score, because I was just fed up with how bad it is. Basically, it's going gonna, it's gonna to work a lot better if you have um, your friends playing with you, because the matchmaking system takes forever, and we didn't have time to waste to get people, and no one ever joined during the playthrough at all. So, if I had to give it a score on a scale of 1 to 10, on my scale, I'd probably give it a 2, because it's a horrendous piece of crap that no one should pay $60 for, and no one should buy the DLC that's coming out, because they're releasing, like, five DLC scenarios that are, like, the good guy side. Why wasn't that on the game? You would have doubled the length of the campaign instead of, like, four hours. 
So Capcom, screw you again with your DLC nonsense. <laughs> the game is a two. That's what that's uh, Operation Raccoon City. Seems like Capcom is just going downhill when it comes to Resident Evil games. Six better indeed my faith in this series because six looks promising. I don't know. The, the, I gotta admit, when I saw the trailer for Resident Evil Six, I wasn't really that impressed. I was excited because Leon and Chris in one game do want. <laughs> have you ever, okay? Have you ever guys noticed something? I mean, I like whenever I looked at the Resident Evil games, why is it that none of the like the main cast like we always know the main cast like Jill Valentine, Claire Redfield, Chris Redfield, uh, Leon Kennedy. Um, who am I forgetting? Uh, are those the main cast? Uh, I think. It's or am I for? Is it what? I think that's everyone. What about uh Rebecca Rebecca Chambers? Is she still around? Or is she dead? We don't. Know. I don't. I don't think she's dead, but she hasn't she's done just anything not around. at all. So. so. But yeah, like, why is it they never like bring up each other in in other games or something like that? Or why is it that none of them have all been in the same game together? Like literally on the same screen. They're all doing other things. Yeah, but why don't they just bring them all together? The closest thing we got to them getting all together is RE5 with Chris and Jill. And, like, Leon is working with the president, so he kind of really can't join them on their exciting BSAA escapades. But But Leon and Claire Redfield have joined up, correct, in this one? Claire and Six? No, 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 in, in Raccoon City. Well, yeah, because they teamed up in RE2 very briefly at certain points. Yeah, that's what I'm saying, but Claire is Chris's, is Chris's sister, so why not, like, I mean, like, all of them, Jill, Chris, Claire, and uh, Leon, why don't they just all get together and do one big Resident Evil game together? I mean, I'm pretty sure that would be pretty, I'm sure fans would love that. I mean, I can see why they don't do it though, because they don't—they want—they still want to keep the whole individual stories for each character. I mean, that's fine. I can understand them doing that. I just wonder why they haven't done that yet. It's sort of the question. I guess it's sort of the same reason I asked the question of why hasn't there been a Pokemon game in 3D, like full 3D? Why the heck are my apartment people yelling so much? They did this last week too. It's Thursday. Come get drunk. Oh yeah, they they I mean the rule number rule number one with France, they get drunk on Thursday and still drink till Sunday. Hangovers Monday Monday through Wednesday and then they start drinking on Thursday again. Fun, fun. Alright, uh is Jalen jumping in yet or Jalen, are you there? Yeah, I'm here. Okay, awesome. did you hear any of that discussion about Resident Evil? A bit, yes. Alright, Perry's thing is basically um why don't they have the entire main cast, Leon, Claire, Chris, etc., get together in one game and have them do other things? I mean, that would make a pretty good setup for a co-op game. Well, yeah, it would, but, um... Oh, wait, then again, we might, then you might end up with another Lost Planet 2. Or you might end up with another RE5. Yeah. Oh, don't get me started with that. Another big thing I, is... I, that, I would say Lost Planet 2 is worse, though. I haven't played it. Don't. Don't do it. It. it I, I love the first Lost Planet, but when I played the second one, I was like, why? Why, Capcom? Why did you take everything that was awesome about the first game and ruin it? It's Capcom. 
Oh well, at least I, at least I still have the first one, and I still love it. Anyways, um, go ahead, Jalen. Sorry, I interrupted. Yeah, um, I'm pretty sure Capcom doesn't want any of the characters to outshine each other in any way. Okay. Yeah, and as the story goes, they're all very uh, is- not isolated, but they're separated in how they are. Because you know, Leon's with the president, like Matt said, and then Chris is with the Jill and the BSAA. Claire does nonprofit organization things. And of course we have Ada who's, you know, secret agent, evil lady. So like their um prospective jobs make them go to different places. Okay, that does that that actually does make a lot of sense. At the same time, I can uh, there's actually I actually just thought of another point to add to what you're saying. The the fact that they're all sort of, I guess you could say, isolated incidents or at least separate stories in themselves, it kind of gives you a scope of how much Umbrella affects the entire world. Well, it's not Umbrella anymore. Just, well, how much this threat affects everyone, at least. Does that make sense? The fact yeah. that you're telling it with different characters in different locations every time, it's kind of showing you, like, hey, this, is a, this is really a massive threat. I mean, yeah. does that make any sense at all? Yeah, it does. It, like, it gives you a sense of scope to how me- how much this affects everybody. Yeah. Well, we're going to have to move uh, on because uh, uh, it, we're 30 minutes in and we're still not done with all our discussion stuff. So we're, we're doing all right. We've already got through three. We're already halfway through them all. So anyway, uh, you said you want – man, you wanted Jalen to do the Silent Hill? Uh, Dylan, do you ha- think you can uh, hop ask and talk about the Silent Hill HD collection? Uh, I can do it pretty quickly. Alright, go for it. Right. As you know, Silent Hill HD collection holds Silent Hills 2 and 3. The, um, big, I'm gonna go start off with the problems of the games. Um, the games themselves are alright. There's, we all know that 2 and 3 are pretty popular and liked by the, um, game community as a whole. Um, the problems they're ranked as, they're, they're ranked among the scariest games ever, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. Now the problems with the HD collection is that we have the, these new voices, which aren't terribly good. Um, if you've never played the games, they you probably wouldn't have a big problem with them. But there's no, there was nothing wrong with the original voices in the first place. No, wow. Don't they have the option of letting you hear the original voices? Because I heard, I read one review that said um, that they have the original voices in Silent Hill 2. Yes, only in Silent Hill 2. They don't have it for free. That's strange. Yes. Um, also, there is uh, very bad frame rate issues. Um, 2 has it more than, has, is more of a problem than 3, but there's still a big frame rate issues. Um, I remember playing and like it dropped from 60 frames to 15 frames and then it dropped down to like 5 frames and I was like what is going on and then 3 is not as bad it, the frame doesn't frame rate doesn't drop as much and um, even though they released a patch it doesn't help too much All right. Uh, I have another question. I have a question for you, Jalen. Yeah. From everything 
from everything you say here, despite the criticisms, would you recommend quickly this collection to people who are interested in silent who would be interested in getting into Silent Hill? Because I've been thinking about getting into Silent Hill and trying it out myself because the only survival horror thing I've ever really been invested in is Dead Space. Mm-hmm. And Silent Hill has always kind of intrigued me because I've heard two is a very psychological um deep storyline or at least it's very um it's very complex in terms of the themes and overall message of the story. Yes. Is that true? Yes. Um what about 3? Is it is it diff- I I know a little bit about the story with what's going on with both 2 and 3, but would you re- would you basically recommend this to someone who has never played Silent Hill and would is in, who is at least interested in trying it. Yes, even with its problems, I would recommend it. As I would say, as long as you can get over those problems, there's the games are still great. They're still great games. Um, three is I would say if you want to enjoy the story in three, you have to play the first game because the third game goes off of the story from the first. Oh yeah, because that it plays. You play as um, Heather, the daughter of the of the main protagonist from the first game, Harry, right? Right. Okay, yeah. So, if, basically, play Silent, get the collection, but if you're going to play Silent Hill 3, play the first one. Yes. Kind of makes me wonder that they didn't, I guess it's sort of the same reason why I asked, why didn't they put Metal Gear Solid 1 in the MGS HD collection with 2, 3, and Peace Walker? Mm-hmm. I mean, why didn't they just do a, well, then again, they probably they did a pseudo remake with Shattered Memories on the Wii, but um, I don't understand why they just don't do a remake of the original Silent Hill, like a full fledged just HD resolution remake. I have no idea, actually. I mean, yeah. if it, it just up, I, I mean, they can just keep it the same gameplay and everything like that from the original Silent Hill. Just make it look nice. That's all. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure fans would be okay with that if they had like the, if they had the Silent Hill trilogy on there. Oh no, wait, there's a fourth game, isn't there? Yes. Uh, uh, have the you played Silent Hill 4? Uh, I played it. I didn't enjoy it as much as the other ones, but it, it's... It, I say it, it's, it's an acquired taste. It, uh, it's, you think it would fall into the lines of uh, guilty pleasure? Maybe. Well, we gotta just move on, on, because this was supposed to be a fast discussion. I'm sorry. I'm just. I'm just very curious. I, I've thought about playing this for a while, so I. I apologize. Okay. Because we. Um. I think. All I'll right. Probably let Stephanie get some input on this one. And I swear uh, to God, if you give this game a ten, I'm going to reach to this computer and slap the crap out of you. You're just mad at game bugs. Stephanie, you have my permission to hit him over the head with the arm if he disagrees. <laughs> what? With the arm. Okay, go on, go on. Alright, so basically now it's time for our review scores for SSX. And, um, yeah. So, I will say at its core, it's a pretty great game. Uh, of course, I'll let Stephanie go into more details, but I'm just going to go ahead and before I start getting mad at her even more, my review score for the game is a 7.5 out of 10. Because of ridiculous, almost game-breaking game bugs that make no sense. Stephanie, your turn. Well, I mean, I really like the game, and I like the whole idea that you're going against Griff, because since Griff was um introduced, he's been a naughty little brat that I absolutely hated. But, I mean, I like the story, and I liked all the uh, 
places you go because they're all gorgeous. But I will say the game bugs are pretty annoying. I'll agree with that. And I wouldn't give it a 10 out of 10. Thank God. Just for the record. But I don't think I'd give it a 7.5. Somewhere in between. I'm done. What'd you give it? I don't know. It's just something between... 7.5 and it's 10. Probably like an 8.59. That's way too high. <laughs> you That's just way too high. You, are, you've encountered so many game bugs that I have not yet to encounter. Okay, here's a story from earlier when Jalen was here. <laughs> I was playing one of the courses on the Himalayas with Mac, trying to beat one of your scores and check it for, to, obviously to no avail. <laughs> and... I would be doing this, I kept falling for whatever reason, like, I would be doing nothing, my my hands would be nowhere near any of the shoulder buttons or the face buttons, and he would just go face playing right into the snow, so I restarted. I would do the same exact thing I did before, the same moves and everything, and all of a sudden he just lands perfectly and keeps going. So I'm starting to do really good on this one attempt, and I get to this point where I'm ha I get some trouble, and all of a sudden, he just face plants. Like was it was board tilted. Tiny, no, <laughs> it was a tiny, small little jump to keep my combo going. And he just starts rolling like crazy. It's like what? The game has never liked when you do small little jumps to keep combos going. So that Ever. makes you roll like ten feet down the mountain. Well, no, but it's just feet. like that's always bad luck. You don't do it. Listen, when there's like those <laughs> jumps or, or rails around you, and you, want, you have a really high combo going, you have no other choice. That's when you hit square or circle, I believe. But those are really? boring and slow you down a lot. And it keeps your combo going without doing the forbidden jump. Well, it's so stupid. It's a curse. It's, it's a curse. stupid, man. <laughs> really stupid. Now, so that's why that game will never get a 10. Or above an eight. Whatever. Moving on. Okay. <laughs> Alright, so the last discussion topic before we have to basically rush through the bomb rush through some of these news articles. You don't need to rush. Just relax. There's if no this rush. This two like... hours. I'm not going to upload it. Dude, we're only at, we're not even hitting a half hour. We're not even at 45 minutes yet. You remember how long it took us to do the news well, last week, Perry? <laughs> Sure. Don't worry, we'll manage to get through this. Just relax. Alright, I will take my time. Oh. <clears throat> Alright, so Perry, I think you might want to step away from this from the microphone for a little bit. Oh, let me guess, KH3? Really? Yes. This is our Kingdom Hearts 3D controversy ending discussion. Oh. All right, then I will quietly I will turn my microphone off and put this on mute. Then uh, just text, text the chat. Just, we're done. Just uh, message me when you guys are ready. All righty. So this would be better if we had Ricky in here, but he is at a friend's house today and he can't do the podcast. But he's told me and Jalen enough to the point where we can talk about it. I think. Yeah. So basically, um. Somewhere in March, Kingdom Hearts Dream Drop Distance, I think is what it's called. Is that right, Jalen? Yes. All right, that launched for the 3DS in Japan, and this is like the closest thing we have 
right now to Kingdom Hearts 3, because it actually takes place after 2, about, like, what, 10 years later? It took them 10 years to give us a sequel to Kingdom Hearts 2, that's not even 3. <laughs> that's, that's an annoying part. But, basically, they said the game is fine, but as you get near the middle and the end, it gets a bit ridiculous. Basically, what happens is, um, Riku is the only one who becomes a Keyblade Master. Mm-hmm. Sora decides he needs to go on a spiritual Ryu-like journey to become stronger. <laughs> Xehanort yeah. is not dead. and Instead, he has now created a new Organization 13 that's all Xehanort, and it's very, very similar to Naruto with, with the whole Nag- Nagato and Pain thing. Mm-hmm. That's really stupid. Really hey. stupid. And yeah, also, I don't like the idea of all that. And, uh, what else was there? Oh, mm-hmm. yeah, and, like, for some, whatever reason, the last, you go in, like, Sora's heart or something at the end of the game, and that's where the final boss is. Yeah. And Shion and Roxas are there for no reason whatsoever. Yay. I don't like it. I don't like it at all. You betrayed your main character. Like, how... I remember the other thing. Apparently, the guy who... This guy named Lee looks just like Axel, and I'm pretty sure Axel's, like, full... His regular, original body. Yeah, it's his original body. How how he got that, I don't know. I really (laughs) don't know. Because I don't remember them ever fighting his Heartless. Yeah. But he gets his body back, and at the end of the game, he pulls a keyblade out and saves Sora. Yes. Yay. And they're just giving away, they're just giving away keyblades to everyone. Now, hey, Mickey, get a keyblade. <laughs> Sora, keyblade. Kyrie, keyblade. Oh, Axel, here, keyblade. No, stop that. It makes a keyblade seem completely unimportant. Exactly. <laughs> this supposedly post-keyblade war era, keyblades are supposed to be something hard and rare to see. Mm. But everyone and their mother has one. <laughs> that's frustrating They've, they're starting to take this series and god how shot compared to this um, they're taking it in the Naruto and Bleach direction taking something that was perfectly fine and just flushing it down the toilet mm-hmm. yeah I fear for Kingdom Hearts 3 I do I really fear for it mm-hmm. alright so Dylan do you want Put any input on this, or can we get Perry back in here? Oh, you voiced my opinion pretty well. Um, so I don't have much to add except I'm very disappointed. <sighs> Makes me very sad. You guys good? Yeah, we're, we're we're pretty much done. So. All right then, let's move. Let's go ahead and move on to the news. I am waiting on IGN, which is taking this entire, it that entire discussion, and not a single article has been. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Does anyone else hear that? Yeah. What? What? Sorry, that must be me. My mic is my mic is pretty close to my speakers. And we've lost Jalen, I think. Yep, we've lost Jalen. Yeah. Hush. Hush. We can't lose our black guy, okay? Yes, we can. We started without him. So, anyway, (laughs) we have one loaded. Haven't you heard the basic rule of all horror movies? The black guy always goes first. (laughs) Thank you. 
keep going. All right, so um, there were t- this is kind of something that we fed off last week with Uncharted 3 DLC. Um, they've actually detailed the four new maps: um, Graveyard, Old Quarter, London Streets, and Oasis. And apparently, they have some uh, interesting dynamic cutscenes. I think it says, "Here we go." In Graveyard, a patrol boat will circle the border and launch grenades. In Oasis, a passing plane will drop a shipping crate that can flatten you. <laughs> if you're smart enough to stay out of the crate's shadow, you may score the power weapon that resides inside. London Street and Old Quarter contain dyna- dynamic events as well, but we want to leave you with a couple big surprises, don't we? Thank you, Naughty Dog. You're finally releasing some Uncharted 3 DLC that I'm actually interested in. <laughs> Ouch. I'm sorry, I don't want the maps from Uncharted 2. If I want the maps from Uncharted 2, I'm going to play Uncharted 2's multiplayer. I want new stuff. <laughs> Fair enough, but at the same time, it's... I don't know. I, I guess I don't really have that much opinion on this since I haven't played Uncharted 3's multiplayer, really. So, I guess I don't really have much to say on this one. That's fair. And Stephanie can't say anything at all because she hasn't played it either. Yay. She just played the campaign. Yeah. Which is great. I think the campaign the, the campaign alone is worth playing just by itself. What's that? Sorry, that was me. Oh. <laughs> my mic was my mic was scraping it across the top of my bed. Gotcha. Alright, so up next, speaking of Kingdom Hearts three D. Square Enix has announced the Western release dates for Kingdom Hearts Dream Drop Distance and Theatrhythm Final Fantasy. Uh, Kingdom Hearts 3D drops on July 31st, and that Final Fantasy Rhythm game drops on July 3rd. Both of these are for the 3DS. So, and apparently, um, the the um, Rhythm game has music from Versus 13. <gasps> okay, now I'm now it has my attention. I don't I haven't heard the track yet. I've just read an article. It is a it there. is a fantastic. It is a beautiful song, dude. I'm gonna have to look it up once we're done with this. Then it's called the the song is called Somnus. It's Latin for sleep. It's I I know I know it because well actually the whole song is recited in Latin. Is it Latin, Latin chanting or just actual Latin? Singing? No, like the, like it's actually okay. Here's the cat kicker. It's done by uh, the whole music is done by a composer. Um, uh, hold on a second. Let me see if I can, because I can only pronounce the first name, but I can't pronounce the middle name. Give me a second. Um, you might. I think she. No way. Does she do the soundtrack for King Hearts? Um. Uh, Okay. Ah, okay. Here we go. It is done by com- the composition. The whole compose- composition for the game or score for the game is done by Yoko Shinomura, who is well known for doing the music on the on Super Mario RPG, The Legend of Mana, and the Kingdom Hearts games. Oh, that's so, gonna be it's gonna be a great one. Great one. And, she, and she and she is working on the score for Versus Thirteen. The whole song is sung in Latin, and it's not like Latin chanting. It's more like a very um, solemn. It's a very solemn 
uh, song. It's very, it's a beautiful one, but it makes you think. Like the song was originally debuted, uh, wow, six years ago when the original Versus Thirteen trailer showed up, and as soon as I saw, it, I was like, "This is perfect." Like the whole Latin undertone to the to the Versus Thirteen, I thought was the coolest thing ever. So. Ever since then, I've been very intrigued with how people have perceived how the music's going to sound. There's actually e- there's even fan-made music for Versus 13 on YouTube, and all of it is awesome. I'm not kidding. Like, everyone has made – people have made, like, actual battle themes for Versus 13, just fan-made stuff on YouTube. I mean, if if the score for the game is half – is as any good as the, as the fan-made stuff – this is going to have one badass score. But, yeah, that's... Uh, that's um, the fact that... Uh, if Final Fantasy... How is the, the title pronounced again? Is it Theme Rhythm uh, Final Fantasy? Oh, God. I think it's like... I think it's like it has the word... Has that's the part of theater. Part then it theater. goes to the rhythm. So it's like the... The rhythm? The atrium? Let's go with the atrium. The atrium? Let's just go with I, I don't know that's what I'm going with the actual Final Fantasy I don't know why I don't understand why what's with Japanese I don't understand what's with Japanese titles or at least trying to get them or at least make these clever little puns with words why not just I mean with then again I guess it's not the first time that Final Fantasy's ever really done this I mean who honestly knew does anyone here know what the city really means I mean I do but. I forgot, Doctor. Isn't it? Is that Latin too? Yes, Dissidia is is uh, Latin. That's why I thought. I don't remember that much Latin. Uh, I know what do 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 means. That's twelve. Uh, well, Dissidia, I think, is the root is rooted in the Latin word for fighter, so that makes sense. Why do they call the sequel Duodecim? Are there more than twelve because characters? Yeah, uh, Duodecim. That's twelve. That's Latin for twelve. I know. So, 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 aren't there more than twelve playable characters, I think, though? I think they added twelve new characters. Wow, that's lame. They could just call it the City of Two. It's yeah, gotta, it's gotta be weird, Square Enix. Oh well, it's at, le- at least it makes it memorable. Uh, but yeah, that's that's a little topic. Um, okay, I know you guys just. Ranted about the supposed the, the ending to Kingdom Hearts Dream Drop Drift Distance. Um, would you guys still pick it up just for the gameplay alone if you did not know anything about the ending? Maybe. That would also require me to get a 3DS, so I would research the game's story, and then I would be disappointed by the ending and say, nah, I'll keep my Vita. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, what about the what about the Atrium Final Fantasy? Are you interested in that at all? Nope. I'm not uh, a big fan of rhythm games, to be honest. Not a big fan of, like, music games in general or stuff like that? I mean, I guess a few years back when, like, Guitar Hero was the thing, I, I liked that. But, like, just, I, I can't say at at this current time I'm just not interested in that genre at all. Any sort of rhythm game is just, eh. Well, we can, get, we can go further in detail with um, another story. Anyway, let's move on to the next one. All right, this one, um... I don't think anyone really cares, but apparently it's it's another good exclusive thing for PlayStation users. Um, we're getting Way of the Samurai 4 by Exceed. Um, 
The one screenshot they have for on the IGN article looks really cool. It's kind of funny. It's some dude with like a, a top hat and a sword getting thrown into it. That is awesome. It looks very... It, just from that screenshot alone, I'm going to look into it more later. But um, this it says it is a 100% historically accurate sandbox-style samurai period drama. So expect a lot of historical incontinuities. Yes. And it's also... I mean... I, very... Um, oh, wow. Okay. It says, we will have torture chambers, naughty midnight missions in the dark, and all the brutal slaughtering you can handle. I'm so <laughs> importing this. You don't, you don't have to import it. It's coming out on, on um, PSN. Oh, it's coming to PSN? It's not get, Wait, it's not getting a retail release? Wait, I don't know. It doesn't say. It just says it's coming. Oh. I thought it said PSN at first, but it just says it's coming over here. Sweet. Sometime, sometime this year. Okay, just from that description, I'm getting this game. I'm really curious. I mean, I love samurai. I always love Japanese his- Japanese culture in general. And just seeing this, it's like, okay, I'm so in. Um, Steph, what are your opinions on this? Um, she's not paying attention. You can tell she's getting. Well, I don't really have any opinion on it. Exactly. <laughs> I'm sorry. But- Hey, at least I asked. Yeah, thank you though. <laughs> Even though I'm still clueless, marking on it. We're all cl- we're all clueless in the end. <laughs> all right, let's move on to the next one, and this one makes me happy. All righty. So for you Assassin's Creed three fans, you have some. I guess I don't know if this is good news or or not, depending on your if you want the new character a lot. This says that um. This one has, has the game will have more Desmond than ever. Um, it says this will be the end of his story. Yeah, it says. Yeah, it says right here the Assassin's Creed creative lead Alexandre Amasio said that AC3 will be the end of Desmond's story. Ubisoft has confirmed Desmond will use the Animus 3.0 and will no longer be in a coma. Well, he kind of was not in a coma by the end of Revelation, so it's kind of pointless to mention that when anyone who's played the games has already done that. Unless they skipped it, which is possible, because people could have been annoyed by the whole yearly release thing. I mean, I have talked to some people who just said they were waiting for three before they got another one. Maybe, but I think that if people did not play Brotherhood or Revelations, I think they're missing out on pretty key stuff. In fact, I was actually thinking about this, uh, the fact that there's more Des- quote-unquote more Desmond in this one than the previous games. Um, I, okay, I'll, I'll admit that I don't think, I don't think Desmond is the most well-developed character in the history of video games ever. Not by a mile. Um, I don't think he's, he's even in the top 50. That being said, though, I don't think he's as underdeveloped as a lot of people might think. We did get a chance to, in in Revelations. We did get a good look at his backstory, like the circumstances of what he grew up in, what he thought as a kid, what made him leave um, this the Assassin Order initially, and how his life was afterwards. So we get an idea of who he was before uh, AC One. Um, we also see him training in Assassin's Creed Two, so he's learning the ways of the assassins again, thanks to his ancestors. Uh, Thanks to his ancestors, Altair and Ezio. 
Um, so at least we get an idea of how he's developed in the past, thanks to Revelations, and we also see him training in 1 and 2, as well as Brotherhood, like honing and mastering his skills again. So the fact that Revelation, the fact that 3 is supposed to conclude his story with the also tie-in of the American Revolution with Connor, this just makes me more intrigued about the story ever. In fact, I'm actually... Normally, in an assa- whenever Assassin's pregame is talked about, or whenever they release like a new Dev Dire, I'm usually all over it. This time, I'm doing a little something different. I'm trying to keep as much about the story, as much about the game itself, as a mystery as possible. I don't. I want to go in with this open and as like clueless as anyone can get with Assassin's Creed uh, with uh, the third one. So, just to see if I like it any more than I did. I mean, I've liked every uh, succeeding Assassin's Creed more than its predecessor. So, it has... It would have to fail considerably to me say it's not as... To me, it's not as good as the other ones that came before it. I've loved every one of them so far. And I'm really interested... I would be really interested to see how the story ends. At the same time, as at the end of Desmond's story... I seriously doubt this is going to be the end of the franchise. Because there is way too many possibilities that one could go with with a subject matter as the Animus, or at least a, a, a way to experience different time periods like the Animus can. I mean, I don't know about you, but I would like an Assassin's Creed game to take place something in, like, Victorian London. That would be pretty cool. Or um, maybe during the time... Let's see. What would be another really good... Time. Maybe the French Revolution would be fun. I mean, hell, the uh, American Revolution took place shortly before the French Revolution, so why not? Um, maybe uh, no, I won't. I won't say World War II because that's way too generic. Uh, I've actually heard people make some surveys saying that they don't want an Assassin's Creed Japan, which makes sense because that would get a little too confusing with assassins and ninjas and all that stuff. Um, but yeah. More Desmond than ever. I'm fine with that. I'm excited. I'm still excited for AC3. That's and I think that's pretty much my bottom line opinion. Anyway, moving on to the next one. And I gotta say, I gotta say, this is probably the weirdest story I've heard this week. Wow, we're down to us two, Perry. Really? Yeah. Oh, bummer. Stephanie just dropped again. Jeez. Huh. <sighs> She might come back, though. Jalen seems to be dead. Oh, she is. Alright, so I'm just going to move on, then. Um, Alright. So there was an RPG crossover that was released in Japan between Pokemon and Nobunaga's Ambition. And basically, that's, that we, they announced that was coming over here, but um, they're basically dropping the whole Nobunaga's Ambition thing and just talking about Pokemon Conquest. So... I don't know why they're just not giving us any more references to this other series that's already not over here. I mean, that could be a gateway to get those games over here. Jalen wanted to talk about this, but we lost him. Again. So I I was kind of relying on him for the discussion because I have literal no interest in this game whatsoever. I'm more I'm more or less just curious of what this game actually is. I mean, I've looked at some footage of it, it just, I don't know. I mean, it looks, okay, I will admit, when I first heard the idea of Pokemon plus Nobunaga's Ambition, I at first had to go, I at first scratched my head going, what? 
you're mixing in Pokemon with actual historical figures like Oda Nobunaga, that doesn't really add up. And then when I saw the footage for it, I was like, so what is this? Is this supposed to be like a, an RTS? Is this supposed to be a, a sort of a Dissidia, a Disgaea type game? I don't know. It's It, it looked really confusing, or at least one that didn't explain itself too well. But that being said, I'm curious enough to check this out because of how odd this is. In fact, I'm I'm more curious to see how this does sell wise, sales wise in North America because I'm pretty sure we can all take a guess. Know that Pokemon, anything with Pokemon on it sells like crazy, especially if it's a game or if it's at least it's one of the official color games like Black and White. But do you guys think that this, just because it has Pokemon in it, that people are going to be interested in it alone? I'm, I think they're honestly going to have to do some actual um, marketing and advertising with this one to get people interest. But people like the Pokemon games, core games, doesn't mean they're going to like whatever this is. So I think while it's probably will have at least decent sales, if they want excellent sales, they're going to have to actually, you know, make effort to get people interested in this, except for saying, oh, yeah, Pokemon game here. Buy it. Maybe, yeah, I would, I would agree on that. They have to, they have to get this across that this is a different type of Pokemon game. It's not like the, it's not like all the other ones. And I mean, I think it can do well. It's just this is this would def- I'm really interested in seeing how this one turns out sales wise. But that's just me. All right, um, Steph, do you have an opinion on this story at all? Nope. All right. All right, in that case, let's move on to the next one. All righty, so apparently um, there's a countdown clock saying that there's a Sega, Namco, and Capcom collaboration on the way. Don't know what it's going to be, but it's going to expire one week from yesterday, so it should expire on April 11th. Um, I mean, I don't know what it's going to be, I can't really predict what it's going to be, because it's probably going to be something brand new, if it's thursday working together. Though, the Capcom part worries me. <laughs> Given their recent streak with uh, how they run the show. Well, it depends on who's actually running the show when it comes to this. Yeah, it's... Like, who's actually who's actually developing it? If it's Namco or Sega, I think we're okay. If it's Capcom, then we might need to raise a red flag. And it's going to be for the... Um... Apparently for the 3DS, which they can have DLC too, so I really I'm afraid that that Capcom is gonna um, do something here. I'm Wait, really this is only exclusive to the DS. It's looking like it. Why? Because they're stupid. That makes uh, you're you're taking three of the biggest companies in Japan, third party companies in Japan. Putting them in a putting them in a uh, collaboration effort, and they're not going all out with a full HD system. That makes no sense. I mean, that would be like if if Kojima Productions and Platinum Games worked. To, uh, oh no! Wait! 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 Uh, scratch that! I'm thinking of Metal Gear Rising right now. Um, let me think for a second. That would be like if uh, if. Bioshock developer Irrational Games and Kojima Productions collaborated together to make an iPhone game. That makes no sense. I mean, there's so much, there's there's so much potential for awesome, for that to happen, for what could come out of this trifecta 
of Japanese studios getting together. I'm, I, I, I mean, I'm pretty sure we can all take a pr- obvious prediction that it's going to be a versus game, right? Like Sega versus Namco versus Capcom. Uh, that's a pretty, that's a pretty easy prediction, though. I, I don't want it to be that. I mean, but yeah, I mean, maybe not, but it, it's pretty easy to predict something like that, correct? Oh yeah, it's it's a fairly good guess, but I would honestly, right now, I would prefer to have a new IP. I, yeah, I I would honestly like to see a new IP, and I and actually. I would rather like to see them try to do what Kingdom Hearts did when it did make some Square Enix characters with Disney characters. If they can figure out a way to make all that work together, that would be really cool. Or at least to me, that would be very cool. Because, I mean, Sega, Nimco, and Capcom have a lot, have a humongous cast of characters by themselves. So, if they put all if they get like a whole slew of them to get together in like a Kingdom Hearts S style game where it's a crossover of Disney and Square Enix in that style of their of those three, then uh, potentially this could be very, very interesting. But I will say this, put it on bigger systems. Cause that just doesn't having those three make something that small just doesn't add up. It's gonna sell well in Japan because they love the three D S but over oh, here oh, yeah. it's it's not gonna do as good. Oh yeah, I mean this this sounds like a strict this sounds like a Japanese game made specifically for the Japanese audience. Or All right, is well, where remember how I said we have a two hour time limit? We're falling behind by a lot. <laughs> All right, let's go. Um, so I'm gonna try. The, you know how last week we did the whole burst of news? I'm gonna do that again. All right, so we let's can have go. One big discussion. All right, first up, Sonic creator Hirokazu Yasuhara has joined Nintendo. Oh, dear Lord. So, um, Mario wins. Up next, um, Harmonix has announced a new Rock Band game. Uh, I think it's just an arcade title, I believe. Rock Band Blitz. And from what I'm hearing, it doesn't require um, instruments, and it's actually very different from previous games. So we'll have to see more about that later. Uh, they announced um, some more King- Kingdoms of Amular DLC, The Teeth of Naros. And, um, yeah, that's, I'll wait for these next ones to load while you guys talk about those. Alright, uh, let me go ahead and get rid of Rock Band out of the way. Uh, not a humongous being fan for obvious reasons. Playing with plastic peripherals one-handed is really, really hard. I think the guitar is the only one I was able to effectively manage at some point. The drums don't the drums even ask. suck anyway. Well, yeah, well, try doing that one-handed, so... Oh god, that was that was a nightmare. Uh, but yeah, I I'm not exactly I'm not really looking forward to this. I just at this point I think we can kind of say that I don't think it's re- I don't think we're quite ready for the music genre to come back for a good while. I don't want it to come back. I mean, I mean I think it has its place. It's just not right now. Like we, we're still, it's still way too early for it to come back, especially I, like rock band. I think it'll be okay for you know the five-year-old little kids who play with their parents, or you know the grandmas who like to be cool. Oh, I've yeah, never yeah. been a fan of any of them. Not even Guitar Hero. I got into it for like maybe a week or so, and I was just like, forget this. So I'm not excited at all. 
Yeah, I'm, I'm not excited either. But you do make a good point, Stephanie. That actually is that actually does sound like a way that this game could actually work out. It just seems uh, more of a family thing. That well, is true. If it's not using the instruments, then not if you're looking like, eh, yeah, that all my instruments. <laughs> that I'm curious. I'm just curious how they're going to make that work because everyone associates music games with big honking plastic peripherals. So how are you? How are you going to make a rock band game work without plastic instruments? Similar to the mobile do. versions where you just match up with the B efficient buttons. True. Yeah, that's that's true. But if rock band rock band has been more about getting the whole group together and rocking out together. That's so. True. If that's this is gonna, I, mean, I we think the dynamic between them all is interesting, but I do think Steph has a good point in that it it, it would probably be geared more towards the uh, family crowd, the ch- the kids crowd, and the old the parents kind of ish crowd. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Hi. So yeah. Uh, yeah. Do you mind if I go ahead with the Sonic creator joining Nintendo? Go okay. for it. Okay. As someone who is a humongous Sonic fan, who has loved him ever since I was a kid. I, on one hand, I will congrat I will congratulate him for getting be able to get a job at Nintendo. I think he could probably do some good there. At the same time, I'm I traitor. I don't want to call him a traitor because I don't want to go all raging fanboy for Sonic. I don't want to do that. I may love Sonic like a brother, but it's just what? <laughs> hey, dude. I, I was like, dude, I, I call I like to think of Sonic as like my gaming brother, okay? But that that's aside. Um I will just say this. I'm happy the fact that he is able to get a job at Nintendo. I think he can do some good there. But at the same time I I would like to think that if a person if a person creates a character so iconic they should stick with them. It's sort of but then again, they do, people do move on to other projects. Like KG Fune he he left Cap. I don't. Is he? I think he left Capcom a while ago, and they he was one responsible for Mega Man. So people do move on. I'm not too ups, I'm not too upset about it, but at the same time, I'm curious what they're going to do for the next Sonic game. Uh, then they're now uh, moving on to the next one. I think I'm the only one here who was actually playing Kingdom or correct? Yep. I have not checked out the DLC for anything of, of Amalur yet, even though I still fairly enjoy the game. I go back to it every once in a while on my PC and, check, and play a little bit of it. Kind of, I, I almost treat this as if uh, people would treat MMOs and just play a little bit here and there and grind a little bit to just get more powerful. Um, that being said, I wouldn't mind checking out the DLC to this once it came out. Anyway, let's go with the next rapid fire. Alrighty, so first up, surprise, surprise, the Nintendo 3DS outsells the PS Vita 10 to 1 in Japan. Um, I think it says Kingdom Hearts 3D and Kid Icarus Uprising were the two games primarily responsible for the 3DS's huge sales. Nintendo sold 121,921 units. That's over 10 times the amount of PS Vita Sony sold during the week. At only 12,105. So, surprise, surprise, Kingdom Hearts sells. <laughs> Up next, um, Double Dragon is getting a This just in, Kyoto Moon. Yeah. So, sorry, going ahead. Whatever Double Dragon is, I haven't played it. Jalen wanted to talk about it. Um, yeah, it's getting rebooted. And finally, 
one of our two um, actual more discussion-like things here. Teachers are trying to say that little kids are acting out game violence, of course, because, you know, there's already not enough problems with the uh, like the social media and teachers and parents and, and governments and all this crap just trying to knock the game industry down a notch. So Well everyone knows everyone knows the games are the devil. Don't play Grand Theft Auto, you're gonna be a criminal. You're actually gonna walk out in the street, throw some dude out of a car, pop shoot him in the head and then take his car and get get away with it. Yeah, it's it's obviously like the parents um responsibility to one, if they don't want their kids playing this stuff that they need to monitor them. They don't let them watch R-rated movies, play R-rated games, or whatever. Like, bad games like that. And then, two, they've got to teach their children the difference between reality and a game. That it's not okay. My dad lets my six-year-old little brother play Grand Theft Auto San Andreas without caring at all. And they wonder why he's a brat. It's, it's all the parents. Like, the teacher shouldn't be aiming it towards the games. It should be the parents taking responsibility for their children. Couldn't have said that better myself. But, uh, yes. Yeah, I was waiting for that one. <laughs> Do actually teach and not worry about video games? God. No wonder people are getting so stupid. Do but anyone have anything to say about Double Dragon? I have no idea what that is. So I don't no. either. So some looks like okay. a 2D uh, beat 'em up. Okay, uh, I actually know a little bit about Double Dragon. Um, Double Dragon. Uh, let me just give a little brief history lesson. Uh, Double Dragon was actually a 2D style beat 'em up that was on the NES and had a couple sequels. It was one of the more well known beat 'em ups uh, during the arcade days. It was actually it had a massive following. It was I think it was up there with like Final Fight in terms of being beloved. Um, it kind of fell short after, like, a really crappy sequel, Street, uh, or at least a re- reboot, quote-unquote, with Streetwise, um, and it kind of disappeared for a while, so this is, so, I guess, this is sort of trying to, I think this is one a pure nostalgia trip for people saying, hey, it's Double Dragon coming back. At the same time, I don't feel like this is really necessary. I don't understand why, I, I don't get why people try to, fuel on um, so much nostalgia for the older crowd, because the people, I mean, Double Dragon was made, I think, in the early 80s? No, mid, it had to have been made 80s, because the NES came out then, the original NES, and that was one of the first like big beat-em-ups on that system. So, with that said, that, that came out, let's see, if that was like mid-80s, that would have to be around... 30 years ago, and those people would have to be, like, in their 40s if they are if they were, like, in their teens when they started playing that, or little kids, like, in their, in their their 40s at least. So I'm not sure why people would be, or at least the modern gaming crowd might not get this because we don't have as many beat-em-ups today, but at the same time, I'm curious to see how this would turn out considering... Um, that it has such a it has such a name to it, or at least a nostalgic name to it, that people would probably spread the word about it because of the fact that it's coming back. But that's just my guess. Uh, 3DS outselling Japan, no surprise there. 
that's all I need to say. Yeah, not really surprised. Especially with those two games that the article talked about coming out. Of course, sales are going to boost up, like how One Piece significantly boosted up the PS3 sales over there at the beginning of the month. Japanese take their anime games very seriously. And I respect that for that. I actually read an article, just a side note, I actually read an article on Kotaku where... um, the Namco mentioned that they were they were thinking of doing something called like a hybrid disc with their games, where they're going to take their anime and put it with their games, and actually it almost has like the series and the game mixed together into one thing. No, we didn't like eight of those for One Piece. What? No, we need like eight discs to cover the One Piece anime if they did that. Probably Bleach and Naruto as well. They only need like seven discs for Naruto and one disc for Bleach because no one want, no one cares about the anime so bad that it got canceled. Okay, come ah. on, some it got canceled. Do, some people still like it, especially us in America who don't like look past you know uh, what is it, tsunami or whatever. Oh, tsunami! <laughs> I you so oh my gosh! Hey, did you hear that thing? What Adult Swim's doing? What? They're like campaigning for people to um. Bring, they had the, their April Fool's thing this year was that Adult Swim turned into tsunami for a night. <gasps> they were they were like, you didn't see that? No, I didn't it was know the coolest about... thing ever, man. Oh man, they I reviewed Mass 3 and everything. Oh man, I missed that. <laughs> they played they played Trigun, Dragon Ball Z, Yu Hakusho, Big O, Full Metal. Why Hakusho, didn't you Please. tell me this? It was all over the place. I, you were online and like Facebook and the internet in general had exploded with it, so I presumed you were watching it. No, no, I didn't see crap about it because, well, let me be clear. No one else on my friend. You guys are very few on my friends list when it comes to like actual nerds. Like, like I, I, I and I mean that in the highest praise because I like not many of my friend people on my so-called friends list are actual nerds. But, no, I had no idea that Toonami was on for one more night. I was like, son of a gun! I, just, I really would want to see that again. But, uh, that makes Apparently me sad. Apparently it's coming back. Like, they've had a <gasps> campaign the past few days, and all of a sudden... Thank uh, God. On, on their oh, message board oh, thing, a section for Toonami showed up. No, 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 please. Please bring Toonami back. I will... I will literally watch it. No, bring old school Toonami back. Like, bring back, like, Trigon. Bring back Dragon Ball. Bring back Dragon Ball Z. Like, everything. What? Um, <laughs> moving on. Let's... We uh, need to keep going. It's like... Yeah, let's keep, let's keep going. Otherwise, we're going to keep talking about Toonami all night. Anyway, let's go. Peace. Anyway. <clears throat> all right. So, another one of our more discussion-ish type articles was that there was an article posted about... That says, should female gamers receive special bonuses? An online combat game known as Prime World is um, is offered perks and special power-ups to women. And uh, just because they're, they don't, they presume that only guys play games, still, thought that stereotype was gone. <sighs> Apparently, it, it might be spreading. This thing, if you're a female gamer, guess what? You're going to get free stuff. God, I hope not. Yeah, see, that... Wait, your turn. Wait, your turn. I'm going to throw something at you. Uh Uh-huh. Wait, your turn. Also, Sony, um, the digital app dude is all like, hey, tell us what you want in the PS3, and we'll give it to you. Like, they had the Amazon Instant Video came out this week. Not that I care. I I mean, at all. Anyway, 
Also, something that I'm really interested in and want to buy is they've announced the Portal 2 art book. It's coming out on October 31st, 2012, and I, I, I really love Portal, so I definitely want to have the art book for this game. So, go. I saw a deer today. Sorry, I couldn't help it. Ha. Alright, female oh. gamers, go. Ladies first, Steph. Fucking Ironic. stupid. It is so stupid. Like, first off, females play games, and if you are playing a game just because you got perks because you're a female, you're fucking stupid. Slut, slut. Oh, <laughs> it's like, I think it would be better, and as a female myself, being equal with a male and then doing better than them and rubbing it in their face. SSX. What game? But anyway, it's... It's stupid. It shouldn't happen at all. And then, of course, you've got all these people, these stupid women who are just like, oh, well, that's not fair. That's sexist and stuff. It's just like no one should have perks based on gender at all, ever. That would be yeah. about as, that. That would be about as stupid as uh, if I was complaining, saying, hey, just because I'm a handicapped gamer, I feel like I deserve more perks. That's that would be equally as stupid. It'd be like if Jalen said, hey, I'm a black guy. I, I play, I'm black and I play games and I'll go kill people and sell drugs. I should get special perks. <laughs> Too racist? <laughs> I don't know. That article made me mad. What? It is It is. Un, it is unbelievably stupid. It's Whoever not... came up with the idea, I want to punch him in the throat. Aren't we all? <laughs> I think... I think... Uh, I don't know. I mean, this is... This is something that I just th- th- I I almost want to know what in the world these people smoke to come up with an idea like this. Maybe their game sales weren't doing well, or they thought their game wouldn't do well, so they wanted to attract more people. All they had to do was make it like uh, Call of Duty, and everybody would play it. Oh God, please no! We already have enough of that <laughs> in the world. <laughs> the last thing we need is in the generic FPS game. This whole sales thing is war! <laughs> Multiplayer, come on, buy us! That sounded like Ghost Nappa for a minute. <laughs> oh boy, Vegeta, a new Cop Duty gang, yay! <laughs> you did that a little too well there, buddy. <laughs> Listen, no, it's good. Like, I actually I, I, hear I, Jalen's Tristan voice. That's ridiculous. <laughs> you get abridged. Oh dear. Uh, yeah, the, I think we can all agree on the fact, on the idea, female gamers getting special perks just because they're playing a game and they're girls is crap. It's completely stupid. You know what? Never mind. What? What? What's wrong? I was about to say something pretty bad. Let's keep going. No, no. What, no I'm kind of interested now. Go on, say it. <laughs> I was just going to say that if you're female and you really want those perks, that I should punch you in the uterus because you don't deserve to be a woman anymore. Ooh. <laughs> so does them in the uterus give them a penis? <laughs> no. Exactly. I think you Biology know. wins again. It's one, it's one place where you wouldn't want to get hit. I we imagine. have to, like, it, no, not... That's painful. I'm zipping my mouth. Does it hurt? Does it hurt as much as getting kicked in the junk? No. What? No. 
I, I doubt it. But getting hurt, like, hit in your stomach or lower area does not feel good anyway, so. That doesn't hit, that doesn't feel good regardless. So or getting, yeah, getting hit anywhere Tony, doesn't feel good. Tony basically saying, demand, demand it and we shall give. Um, yeah, what exactly are the guys, like, are there any sort of, like, uh, conditions to that? Like, what exactly is he talking about? Any, like, digital streaming thing, like Netflix, HBO Go, or whatever. They're like, oh, yeah, because they have, like, four or five of these different things now. Yeah, they have, like, what, Cinema Now? They have, uh, uh, they have Vudu, they have Netflix, they have now Amazon. I just call it Amazon Prime now, because... I don't know why that just sounds cooler. Um, I don't know. I mean, I can't think. I mean, Netflix to me is more than enough. I, the only thing I can think of would be like a direct YouTube channel. That would be pretty cool. They need to give us a YouTube app and not that crappy YouTube XL thing. YouTube Let's not talk about YouTube, please. Let's skip this conversation. Why? Because no, Google built my YouTube. That you did nothing on. <sighs> You probably got taken out in the whole inactive accounts right they had. I'm always logged in. Anyways, off topic. Yeah, anyway, are we just going to move on or keep talking about this stuff? Um, I don't know. I'm just trying to think of, like, what, like, streaming, like, or what other digital distribution thing I would want. I mean, I, I honestly can't think. I honestly can't think of anything right now. I mean, can you guys think of something? I'm drawing a total blank. All I need is Netflix. Yeah. I'm happy with that. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm pretty satisfied. I mean, just bring a wider selection of Netflix, and I'm okay God, with that. Yes, please. And they need to give us some better. I'm sorry, but their anime selection is getting poor. They're getting a series no one cares about. The, the only series they are missing that are like really, really big are Dragon Ball and One Piece. I don't care which one comes first. I just want one of them on there. I've actually been thinking about getting Dragon Ball, uh, getting Dragon Ball Z on Blu-ray soon. Kai or the regular ones. Both. Don't get the regular ones. They stopped, Why not? They stopped production of the Blu-rays of those. Oh, bummer. Yeah. Oh, well. So at you, least I can you like the Saiyan Saga, and that'd be it. And not even the full thing, supposedly, from what I'm hearing. Wow, that's kind of stupid. Yeah. Then there were that many. For a Blu-ray disc, they weren't releasing enough episodes on them, which is really stupid. Yeah, anyway, off topic again. Yeah, let's move on to the we next are, one, which is Portal 2 Art Book. I think we can all pretty much agree that that is awesome and we would get it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Matt? We are, I already said that I wanted it. Okay. We're going to a warning stretch, and we still have some news articles left. A month, we're, we, can, we can do it in one. We can just, why don't we just go ahead and splurge with the la- last bit, and we can be done. All right, then let me pull up the last few here, the last three. Does all want to Fire away. Up. Alright, these are mostly a loading, so I'll go starting here. Apparently, it's looking like the Nintendo Wii U is coming out November 18th. At first, they denied it, but now it seems like there is more. Um, a regional manager uh, who works for GameStop got an email saying, hey, it's coming out November 18th, be ready. So it's like, hmm. I mean, the past two systems have been GameCube and the Wii were released on. November 18th and 19th, respectively. So it's like, well, that makes a lot of sense. Apparently, Nintendo likes the end of November because that's when the last the big Christmas shopping gets ready to gear up with Black Friday. Oh yeah, Black Speaking Friday. 
Speaking of the Wii U, after all the hype when it was first rumored saying how all oh, it's going to be stronger than the PS3 and 360 combined and all this nonsense, a bunch of game developers are like, oh, it's not even as strong as the PS3 or the 360 individually. The graphics are just not as powerful. So it's like, really? Really? After all that hype? You're, you're st- Basically, Nintendo is going to still be behind in this new generation. Oh, Nintendo. What is... So, I'm sorry. I'll save that. Go on. Uh, looks like there's some new Arkham City DLC coming in. Of ten um, unseen trophies were added, and it looks like they're going to ro- revolve around Harley Quinn, and I'm really hoping there's story DLC and not more stupid maps. Um, up next is there's a report. Now, of course, these are probably just a bunch of um, bullcrap rumors because that's what everything's fitting off of right now, is that the PS4 will be launching before the next Xbox. I don't believe it because I think that I don't – I just don't see that happening at all. Not in 2013. It's still too – the PS – Sony has, like, forced the idea down our throats that um, uh, – they want the PS3 to live out its complete life cycle before coming out with the PS4, no matter what the competition does. Um, also, they're also saying about the next Xbox that if they're saying the new one will need a constant internet connection, which I don't even know how that would work. But anyway, and finally, the last one, an El Shaddai sequel is a spin-off social title. Wow, that is a degrading sequel. <laughs> Anyway, where should we start? The Wii U? Might as well. Uh, you guys go first. Ashamed. LOL, Nintendo. I think it's I think it's a bit ridiculous that at this point they they knew with the Wii they were behind. So after like all the hype they're saying about how the Wii U is like such a powerful device, it's looking like if it's still not as strong as the other current current gen systems then I still think the Wii U is going shaping out to be another crappy gimmick system, just like the Wii was. It's already got the gimmick. Yeah, but like they are promising that like it was going to be a powerful one that people would enjoy more than the Wii because it would be better than the PS3 and 360, but now we know it's not as strong as either of them. So it's just like another, oh yeah, we're going to be lazy, new gimmick, buy it. <laughs> It's, it almost feels like Nintendo is, like, afraid to advance in anything, technology-wise. They'll, they're willing to expand gameplay innovations. They're willing to expand, or at least within their own IPs, like, really big IPs, like Mario, Zelda, Metroid, etc. Uh, they're willing to go very far in terms of peripherals and gimmicks. But when it comes to actual, like, technology advancements, it's like they – it's almost like they're scared of it. Like, they're so far behind in terms of what their system could be capable of. It's almost as like they don't realize the, their own potential or what they could get, or they're just so lazy and realize that, hey, we can pretty much print money with every, everything we make. I think it's probably that one. They've gotten cocky because they've been around so long and been so successful. They're like, eh, if it's Nintendo and it has Mario and Link on, it'll sell. Which is unfortunately one of those sad but true things. It, I mean, that pretty much hits the nail right on the head. It's, I just don't get 
I want, I mean, I love, I like Nintendo. I want them to do well, but this is just like, Nintendo, this is 2012. You can't cut corners with this anymore. You really can't. Otherwise, it's unacceptable. You're becoming a joke. You're turning your system. You're turning your system into a joke. It also seems that they're focused more on their handhelds than their consoles these days. I mean, they put more effort into their handhelds than they they do with their consoles, obviously. And that's more of a Japanese market than it is an American market, or at least more popular. Yeah. I mean, I don't fault them for that because they want to hold on to their that market in there. But at the same time, you need to find a balance of both worlds. At least with Sony, they're doing a balance with the PS3 and the Vita. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't know. It's just Nintendo is just. Release date aside, I, I do think that makes sense considering the last few systems have gone on that under that route to make sense uh, sales wise to sell it to release it before Thanksgiving and near Black Friday, which makes perfect sense financially. But the power system, it just doesn't. It really doesn't make any sense. It honestly does not make sense. If it is any, if it is not as powerful, I usually don't fault a system for not being as powerful as something else. I really don't. But in this case, I'm not gonna I am not gonna I'm not gonna let that rule slide with Nintendo. If they do not make a system that is as powerful or at least can give you the same kind of quality with something like say Darksiders 2 when you play it on Wii U or 360 or PS3, if it's not up to that same quality, then I I almost want to say I'm losing I, I have lost faith in Nintendo. Yeah, and I'm just going to take the game developer's word for it. Basically, if if they say that it's not powerful as the PS3 and 360, then you just basically killed all motivation I had to buy your system around launch. Because it means if I can just keep my PS3 and I'm still going to have a system that's str- that runs stronger than yours, why am I going to buy the Wii U at all? I mean, that just killed my motivation. I was interested in the Wii U because this whole, you know, this tablet thing is innovative and it seems interesting, but I also knew that it sh- it should have been more powerful than what I currently had, but since it's not, I don't, I've lost almost all interest. I don't care anymore. I get the Wii U when it's cheap. Same here. Pro- I, I, don't, I don't even know if I'll pick it up to begin with because I haven't seen anything first party of it. But that's been revealed at all, or at least anything that's been wor- announced or worthwhile. I haven't heard a thing. So, yeah, Wii U, it, it has a lot to prove, and maybe a lot to prove wrong. Yeah, I mean, game-wise, the only games they've announced are games we can get on the PS3 and 360. Hell, they would make they, they would make probably good downloadable uh, XBLA games. <laughs> Alright, so... I guess we're gonna nice move list. on. Yeah, uh, I think we can do, wrap the, do these next couple of ones pretty quickly. Um, Batman: Arkham City. Yes, I would love to see more story missions, challenge maps. Eh, okay, but yeah, we would we would rather play story. I think we can agree with that. Yeah, this one's saying they, they the the trophies make it seem like it's. It's more story related because one of them says breaking and entering, find a way into the secret base. Or disarm all bombs within under a minute or something. Yes, it defuse all bombs in three minutes or less. Um, then it says use five different quick fire gadgets in one fight as Robin in Holly Quinn's Revenge. So, are we finally gonna get Robin in, in a story? <laughs> or maybe that that could be a name on a challenge map too, though. 
Maybe. I, I don't know. We could be getting a bit hope, of both. Let, let's hope for a story mission. Let's hope for that. Yeah, I want. I, I just wanted a Scarecrow one before I wanted Harley Quinn. She was already in the game. Scarecrow is just teasing that he's going to do something big. But whatever. It is what it is. Yeah. Steph, do you have an opinion? No, I don't play the Batman games. Or haven't yet. You will. I'll make sure of that. But first, you need to play Bioshock. Please do. Please do. Dude, she won't anyway. play Bioshock, and she has it right now. What? I'm working on it. No, you're not. You haven't touched it. Okay, I've been in a lot of pain lately. And what better way to distract yourself than to play and, it? And, and until these stitches come out, it probably probably won't recede at all. Knowing my luck, it'll get worse. Well, we have Bioshock Infinite coming out this year anyway, so if she doesn't get around to that, we we will make sure she plays that instead. Oh, either way, by the end of this year, I'm going to make her a Bioshock fan. <laughs> she has no choice. It's not optional. Oh, Steph, you are into a world of pain. Anyway, PS4, launch rumors. Okay, launching before next Xbox, I call, I call total BS on that. Definitely. I mean, There's we, we don't know if that system's even in development at all. Codenamed Orbis. Oh, my God, that's so stupid. I don't mm-hmm. find it. I'm not bothered by that. I'm okay. I'm not bothered. I, I'm honestly not bothered by it at all. Because I mean I'm a Latin freak, so I'm 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 cool with it. Because circle me. What does the circle have to do with a PlayStation? Uh, I don't know. It could be the shape of the system. I mean. Oh no, that would look so bad. I, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Did you hear about the circle of life jokes? Yes, I have. With the Vita being life, and then you have orbit. Yes, yes, I circle. yes, we, I, yes. I get the joke. I was explaining it to people who might not get it. I, I do think that um, maybe the whole Orbis thing, maybe it could be a circle relating to all this, all their hardware being interacting with each other, which makes sense. So maybe they're building the PS4 to be more like a system that interacts more with the Vita than what the PS3 currently does or can do. So maybe there's that possibility. But yeah, the idea of the PS4 launching before the next Xbox, totally... No, there's there's no feasible way that is happening. Without, so, if Sony for some reason could make the entire solar system align and announce the PlayStation Four to be released before the next Xbox, and not not get on every fans fan, Sony fans on the earth ner- on their nerves, then that we might be visible. But since we live in the real world where there aren't magical ponies and unicorns, uh, but I I seriously doubt we would get the PS4 not just... I mean, we not this year. I don't even think we'll even get it next year. I think the year after that. I don't think we'll get this until... It's an announcement at least until 2014. Yeah, they should wait until the end of the PS3's life cycle, which will be the when 2014 starts to roll around, the PS3 should be in its last couple of years. Now, to be fair, this isn't, this wouldn't be the first time that Sony has ever announced a system um, that was um, not at the end of its life cycle. Well, yeah, they did with the PS3. The PS2 wasn't supposed to be dead yet. Yeah, but that's still se- that, 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 son of, that old thing will still sell, but... That's because it has a good back catalog of games for it. That being said, 
I do agree. I'm okay with Sony living up to their promise of having a 10-year life cycle, considering that they're the only company that can seem to do that consistently. Yeah, Nintendo just shoves out whenever they want. Xbox decides, oh, hey, we need some more, I mean, Microsoft, excuse me. When they decide, hey, guys, we're, like, just rolling around the money, but I think we need some more, so let's listen to Xbox. Yeah, pretty much. Or at least maybe and you could make the argument that every company is like that, but at least Sony, at least when they say they're going to make a 10-year product, they make a 10-year product. Yeah. So, yeah, PS4 launching before next Xbox, total bull. So, um, next, let's move on to the last two. Uh, I think we can, let's go ahead and knock out the El, the El Shaddai stuff, because, I mean, I've played El Shaddai. Have you guys even seen anything El Shaddai? Because I've heard it's like it didn't sell that well or it was very underrated. I've seen some footage of it, and I wanted to play it, but I haven't had time to go pick it up. Okay. Uh, Steph, have you ever even heard of El Shaddai? No. Okay, um, let me just give you a brief, um, idea. Let me just give you a brief idea of what the game is actually like if I describe it. It's like the... Oh, God, this is a real... I, I normally can describe games pretty well within some rationale, but this is even this is so weird that even I'm even having a hard time describing it. I mean, it's like it's almost if it's um take the story of the Book of Enoch, make it have a lot of homoeroticism in it, and make it very colorful, and add a whole bunch of really weirdness on top of a lot more weirdness, with some pretty cool weapons, and a story and a very silent protagonist that's very that is about has a bunch has a bunch yeah I can't speak that has about as much personality as a as a cheese as a grilled cheese sandwich. <laughs> I'm serious. Like I I I've seen rocks that have more personality. Hell, the vampires from Twilight have. Oh, okay. Well, that's not two things you can't take back. <laughs> Uh, uh, no, I'm serious. Like this guy, this this is the character that made me start loathing silent protagonists. Enoch, Enoch is the most stoic character ever. But I digress. The sequel being a spin-off social game. Uh, first of all, I'm shocked at the fact that it's even getting a sequel because the game itself doesn't. The story itself doesn't really warrant a sequel. If you like, if you oh, then again, the story didn't really make that much sense, or really didn't get that wasn't that good at explaining itself. But again, I digress. And the the fact that it is a spin off social game, okay. Let's take let's take into account a couple things. Sequel, sequel implies a direct chronology, something after the events of the current of the first of the predecessor, correct? Yes. And a spin off is a game that takes place within the same universe, but is not directly related to the events of previous games. Correct? Also correct. And social games have neither of the two, which is simply focused on very simple concepts like Facebook games like Farmville, uh, Cityville, all that stuff, Angry Birds. Uh, would you say Angry Birds is a social game or just a casual game? Casual. And it's okay. not much... Like interaction social socially wise with true. Farmville and Seville, those are social games, correct? Yeah, definitely. So how in the world can you take this like massive like biblical homoerotic uh, story or thing or entity? I'll say this an entity 
and turn it into a something that's supposed to be take place after the end of the first game, but that's also not related to the first game. That's a social game that has nothing to do with story in it. I mean, that's like that's like a trifecta of contradiction there. Oh like crap! It. I have missed something important that was announced this week. What? The Mass Effect Three, um, the whole ending DLC is going to oh, be dude. free. Oh sweet! And they're calling it like a director's cut thing. So sweet. Basically, it's like they should call it the fan cut because it's more of what it is. <laughs> that, or yeah, or um, or Mass Effect Three. Finally, your whining did something. You want it, now you've got it. But Mass yeah. Effect 3, please leave us alone, DLC. Or Mass Effect 3, stop your beep, stop your bleep. But stop whining like so, a four-year-old who didn't get their piece of candy. Actually, I found out that there's a whole there. There's actually a whole bunch of um, people who join like an anti-gay protest for Mass Effect 3 now. I saw that too. Oh, oh no, you know, oh man, gays and games, oh, what a low point we reached in society. Surprised they didn't do that for El Shaddaiya. I'm surprised they didn't do that for Mass Effect 2. You could, do, oh, yeah. you could do that in Mass Effect 2 as well with Kelly Chambers. Oh, oh yeah, wait, no, that, wait, Kelly Chambers? Yeah, the, the chick. The, yeah, oh, like, yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, it's a message for you, Commander. Oh, yeah, that's right, that's right. But, I don't know, uh, I just don't, I don't get why people are whining about that, but we're kind of getting off topic again. El Shaddai's sequel, don't know why it's being made, don't see a reason why it needs to be made, and that's just my opinion, move on. Now, last little bit, Xbox need, next Xbox needs a constant internet connection. How the heck are they going to take uh, do that? Imagine, like, what if you're playing a game in a storm, and all of a sudden your internet goes out, and what would you do? Like, eject the disc and throw it in your face? And say, hey, that would, you can't play this. Turn <laughs> your internet back. That would be like if Ubisoft made a Ha. The fact that you need an internet connection to play a single-player game. Hi-oh. The box. Oh, no. That's like a nightmare. No, that what would be a nightmare is the Capcom box. The money box. <laughs> no, that's Nintendo. No, it's Capcom because you would have to pay to use. You have to pay to open the disc drive. <laughs> and he, no, you have, you'd have to. No, there's like a you would, credit card swipe in the side of the system. No, to where like you need to do something to swipe it. Yeah. No, you have to swipe your credit card on. and turn it on. You get a ten dollar charge. And then put your social security number in for your passcode. Yes. Oh god. So, yeah, but do you, do you guys even think that? Do you think this whole constant internet connection thing is actually feasible? No, it's not going to work. Simply not. Right, let work. me let me let me go one step further. Feasible to the point where even if it's even if it has multiplayer in it, and there's going to be something like that, no doubt. Have it so strong that it will remain consistent throughout the entire experience because. Let's face it, most people do not have a really good, good internet connection that can remain consistent for a long period of time. Mine's god-awful, so I'll be screwed. 
mine has like very has mood swings, so I always have to give it a little. Bit, I have to give it a little bit of a corporal punishment before it starts working again. No. no. Um, I don't know. It's just this doesn't even sound like remotely. This doesn't even sound remotely feasible or even practical to have like a yeah. constant internet connection going on. Because not every game needs an internet connection to do it. Not every game needs leaderboards. Not every game needs multiplayer. Not everything needs stats. It's true. I mean, I just I want. A nice single-player campaign that has nothing to do with anyone else. I don't care how anyone else did. I just want to enjoy my campaign, and if I want to do multiplayer, then I'll connect to the Internet. See, that, uh, I, I, I just... It seems like developers are forgetting the idea that we can just have a nice single-player game by itself and just enjoy it for what it is, and that's all we need to be satisfied. Thank you for that. Catherine is a nice excuse where the internet connection adds nothing to the gameplay and it's completely and entirely optional. Right, and it's a good game by itself. Yes. <laughs> Thank you, Atlas, for at least remembering that. And I will say, and to completely go off on a side note just real quick, I've actually just, I don't think I've made, with all my projects I've got working on, I don't think I've designed any major franchise with multiplayer in mind yet. Good. Focus on so, the story. Well, like, every, like, everything I'm focusing on is single-player related, first and foremost. Multiplayer is more of just a side thing, as it should be. It's never the main focus. Another, another good example, Arkham City. Exactly. Doesn't need multiplayer at all. Great game by itself. But, yeah, I think we're, bas- we're basically out of time, so... Yeah. We're good. We, we've got... We're... Yeah. We got, we're able to get through everything, see? No yeah. worries. Well, we did have to kind of bomb rush things, so... And we did have less people. Yeah, I think if R- Ricky and Jalen... Or if Ricky had come and Jalen had stayed, we would have had a bit harder of a time. True. So, yeah, that's going to be it for this week. Um, thanks for listening. And next week is Unlucky Episode 13. Oh boy! And and then I get to and then we get to talk about Xenoblade. Yes, you're getting that game comes out next week. No, it comes out tonight. Oh, tonight! Yeah, it's out, and it will be out in exactly well on my end. It'll be exactly twenty minutes. So for us, it's out already. Yep. Wow. Well, yeah, Xenoblade first impressions from Perry next week. Woohoo! Sorry, I'm, ex- I'm really that's, excited. Is that the only thing we ha- actually have pegged for next week, for discussion-wise? Yeah, it's looking um, like it. Maybe so. I mean, it just depends on what... I mean, unless I can get more through um, Ninja Gaiden and the, and the rest of this stuff, or the Double May Cry collection. Maybe some things will happen during the week that will warrant some discussion. But, um, yeah, that's yeah. it for this week. Thanks for listening, and uh, we'll see you guys next week for episode 13. Thankfully, without thirteen at Final Fantasy thirteen being in discussion. Oh, maybe I should put it for discussion just for, just for fun. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, sure. Just don't discuss the ending. Darn.